This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot at all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. House Republicans are escalating their fight with D.A. Alvin Bragg. They literally just finished a hearing in Manhattan on violent crime. One Republican tweeting, the city is no longer safe. If that's true, why aren't the D.A., the mayor, or the police commissioner on the witness list? Plus, state secrets, private assessments of Russian propaganda, Chinese spying, and Taiwan's military, all exposed for the world to see, allegedly leaked by an airman barely old enough to buy a beer. As Congress returns to the Hill, full of fury over it all, what are they prepared to do about it? And attorneys for the family of a black teenager demanding justice for what they call a horrendous and unjustifiable shooting. The 16-year-old victim recovering in the hospital after being shot in the head for doing nothing but showing up at the wrong address. But we begin right here in New York, where former President Donald Trump's congressional allies are taking their fight to Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's backyard with a field hearing they say is about crime. Democrats call it a political stunt, an excuse for Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan and other House Republicans to undermine Bragg's prosecution of Trump by painting the DA as soft on crime. Here in Manhattan, the scales of justice are weighed down by politics. For the district attorney, justice isn't blind. It's about looking for opportunities to advance a political agenda. Let me be very clear. We are here today in Lower Manhattan for one reason and one reason only. The chairman is doing the bidding of Donald Trump. Instead, it is the GOP leadership in Congress doing what it has done best for the last six years, and that is to act as the criminal defense counsel for Donald J. Trump. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Capitol Police, gentlemen will suspend. Capitol Police. Capitol Police will remove the gentleman from the audience. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Gentlemen. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Donald J. Trump. Gentlemen will suspend. So we got order. Gentlemen will suspend. The audience has to be that has to be in order. Capitol Capitol Police. Capitol Police. Sir. Can we have order? We are working on it, Mr. Mr. Chef. Gentlemen. Capitol Police, please, please remove the gentleman from the audience. No, you got to go. You got to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm giving you several warnings. You got to go, unfortunately. Oh, 
was a very unfortunate attack, attack on Ralph Nader. <laughs> committee will be in order. Committee will be in order. The gentleman uh, from California. His comments about Ralph Nader are way out of line. Um, <laughs> of course, it is not a coincidence that we are here in Manhattan. Instead, it is the GOP leadership in Congress doing what it has done best over the last six years, and that is to act as the criminal defense counsel for Donald J. Trump. Your, your experiences are devastating. But the problem is, is that this is a charade to cover up for an abuse of power that they are going around talking incessantly outside of this hearing about Donald Trump. And the purpose of this hearing is to cover up for what they know to be an inappropriate investigation. Now, I look forward, many of you are Can I in respond New York City. You, no, not right now, because I only have 20 seconds, I'm sorry. But I, I do Don't want to Don't insult talk my intelligence. That, uh, you're uh, not hang on, hang on. The gentleman's time. I'm not insulting okay, You're trying to insult me time. like I'm not aware of Ms. what's going Ms. on Brand, here. Thank you. Okay? I, I'm fully the... aware of what's going on here. Gentlemen, we'll suspend. Okay? Gentlemen, gets another 15 seconds. Thank you. That's why I walked away from the plantation of the Democratic Party. Committee will be in order. Ms. Brame, what, what I was about to say is that as a representative of this city, I look forward to working with you. Wow. It is, uh, it's Monday, 17 April in the year of our Lord 2023. We've got Congressman Matt Gates joins us back from the committee hearing. This was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Uh, but what was amazing is the discipline. This was not about Donald Trump. This was actually about the lawlessness in New York City. And the Democrats completely freaked out on this entire thing. Well, I guess today's hearing was about Donald Trump insofar as we see this pattern throughout history where totalitarian regimes from the Bolsheviks to the Nazis to Mao Zedong um, always try to create a sense of fear in people. And our concern is that some of the ugliest moments of history are playing out again on our streets and in the minds of some of our policymakers. Donald Trump stands against that. Donald Trump stands against a government that would think so low of its people that it would leave them to fend for themselves, disarmed with the criminal element in charge of the neighborhoods in our communities. And our focus was on the specific experiences of some of the people in New York who had come to us with concerns about misuse of federal money in Alvin Bragg's office. And the lady you just heard from who said she was done on the Democrat plantation, the mother of a slain army veteran who was killed as a consequence of violent crime where the incompetence of Alvin Bragg resulted in the inability to truly administer justice and have accountability in her case with her family. So to see Dan Goldman, who, by the way, since Hakeem Jeffries became leader of the Democrats, is their most talented member in any committee. He's the best they got. But to see Dan Goldman, who is the heir to the Levi Strauss People portion, don't know this. The guy's a billionaire, right? He, he I don't know yeah, his exact dollar close, amount, right. but uh, he could buy uh, everyone in this room and sell them multiple times over. And he had a certain mansplain about him with that woman. And boy, did she return yeah. fire. She was not going to be mansplained by Dan Goldman about what was reasonable for her to think about the safety on the streets where she lives. I know the overall theory of what you guys are trying to do. What I loved about this today was the humanity of it. I mean, there was intention. You had the Miles Grove demonstrators, but you also had, we didn't get to play 
uh, another part where they're talking down to the witnesses and the witnesses, I mean, hit them with a volley right back. I mean, the witnesses were engaged in this as, as anything I've seen. Oh, you had Jose Alba there, you know, and, and amid all the distractions and things people were saying and doing, the, the true essence of that was the experience of New Yorkers. Jose Alba was working in a bodega, got attacked, and when he s- defended himself, with a knife, because by the way, you can't, you can't have a gun, even, even in self-defense in many cases in New York, when he defended himself, he was the one that ended up getting charged. And so th- they are putting the law on the side of violent criminals. And I believe that in every society in all of human history, since Cain and Abel, there has been a, a violent criminal element. And whether or not we have to live in fear resides in our ability and our gumption to ensure that they're not the ones in charge. Talk to me. Is Walk through what judiciary is going to do here. Are you going to other cities? Are you going back to New York? What 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 is what are you guys trying to prove? Uh, New York's actually not the first city, city where we've had such a field hearing. We went to Yuma, Arizona. Powerful. Heard about the crime. Heard about the strain on social services that occur there. So we've been to Arizona. We've been to New York. I would expect that some of the things that we've seen in California were very concerned about because. We don't want this to metastasize. I mean, people are leaving New York in droves. Uh, I think it was U-Haul that said the top three states people are leaving: New York, California, uh, Illinois, and the three states there or three areas are going to Florida, Texas, and the Carolinas. So people are are leaving New York. We just don't want the ideas of Illinois and California and New York to metastasize around the country. So I think that's the the principal job of the Judiciary Committee is to confront these ideas on policy terms, as we did today, and to showcase that you don't have to live this way. We live this way in some of the bluest cities in the country because of specific choices made on cashless bail, on deciding not to prosecute certain crimes, on the decision to make uh, erroneous downgrades, and even on just the basic competency of losing cases. Al- Alvin Bragg uh, is like not exactly hitting at it out of the park when it comes to the winning percentage. He's uh, actually tens of percentage points lower than Cy Vance, his predecessor on a number of key categories. One of the things I noticed, I didn't hear, we watched it here, we didn't on replay because we're doing the show live through most of it. I never heard the Republicans ever mention Trump and the Democrats were obsessed with it. In fact, you could tell they were losing it at the end because you guys were listening to the victims. They didn't want to hear the victims. Well, they- make, make no mistake. The House Judiciary Committee is investigating the weaponization of Alvin Bragg's office against Donald Trump. And that's why we've asked Alvin Bragg for information. It's why in the coming days uh, we will be taking a transcribed interview of Mark Palmerans, who was the person who left yeah, and, the, and, the, and wrote the book. That's right. What, what, He's uh, getting deposed? Yeah. He, we have him on our list of will people. Will you be there for that? I will. And and I will be there to ask questions that relate to the uh, investigation of President Trump and the misuse of federal resources there. But today was about the people of New York. Today was about lashing these terrible choices that are made on policy grounds to the bloody experiences people have had. Uh, And that's why we wanted to lift those voices up. And it was so condescending to watch Democrats look their constituents in the face and try to tell them that because some you know, professor at the end of the table had uh, come up with a creative interpretation of crime data, that they weren't really experiencing the things they were experiencing. The, one of the Democrat witnesses said, look, there's just a lot of people in Manhattan. You just have to take it. And boy, uh, did that get that some did of the witnesses. Well. No, that did not go over well. Um, 
I know you guys are on to something when C-SPAN walk me through the coverage and the C- even Yuma. But you know that they're afraid of this and they don't want to see it when C when C-SPAN doesn't do it and MSNBC guys just just do the more chaotic parts of it. They don't really get to the power of people sitting there talking about their lived experience under Bragg. What I found is that when we leave Washington D.C. and go out in the country, the way that the media uh, information uh, d- domain changes is largely around local news. You get pickup from local news, yes. local radio, and they're in many cases just Dumb. putting forward yes. what occurred. And that has a, a breakthrough element that goes beyond the war room posse. It goes to people who yes. I think can be drawn in and can be turned into an operational force given the right information. And that's why we're, we're going around really on, on an information tour. It was interesting on MSNBC and CNN when the commentators came a lot. One of their biggest complaints were, why did Gates and Jordan have to go to New York to do this? People could have come down to Washington, D.C. and testified. They were How arrogant. About that. <laughs> How about. arrogant that we believe that people ought to always have to come to us. The notion of the great imperial city here in Washington. We had no problem going to New York. And, you know, we're not going to have a problem going to San Francisco and Los Angeles and Chicago and other places where people are truly under siege. And I don't think that the policy remedy here, as some on the right might suggest, is federalizing law enforcement. I understand that the police power is a power that belongs to the state. So I'm not trying to substitute our judgment for anyone at the local level. But but I do think there is a big policy debate going on right now in the country. You've got the defund the police folks. You've got the folks who are soft on crime and they are well-resourced and advancing their agenda. And so we want to make sure that the victims and law enforcement also have a voice in that national debate. And that's what our committee can facilitate. Two of the most, impo- of the most powerful things that have happened in the first hundred days of McCarthy speakership, I believe, have been your field investigation down at Yuma and what happened today. They were just very powerful. You heard from people firsthand and the depth of the experience and the problems were very powerful. Okay, we're going to take a short break. A couple other things. John uh, Solomon was on here earlier today, talked about this issue with uh, Mike Morrell and some of the, and the people with the laptop from hell. Also, Kevin McCarthy gave a, a speech today at the uh, at the stock exchange, then he was kind of heckled by the CMP, you know, hectored and heckled by the CNBC crowd. I want to get into all of that, plus uh, new revelations about the uh, about the quote unquote the leak, but what it means for Ukraine and national security. We have Congressman Matt Gates is in the house. He's just back from New York with this incredibly powerful, dramatic testimony today of the Judiciary Committee in Lower Manhattan. Take, talking to witnesses. Okay, short break. Back in a moment. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. They have all life for too long. Inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath, and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never looked more important to you. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. 
They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401ks that are tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals, either gold or silver. And here's the best part. It's tax sheltered. Let me repeat that. It's tax sheltered. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today. Take action. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. So if you just raise the debt ceiling, do you think $31 trillion of debt, the CBO has come out in the next 10 years, do you know we'll pay 10.5? You did it three times in the Trump administration. As we did economic changes. We never raised the debt ceiling by itself. But the tax cuts, that was like $2 trillion deficit. And you know how much we're bringing in in revenue? On average, in the 50-year average in America, you bring 17% of GDP. Today, we're bringing 20. That's the only two other times in modern history in America have you ever brought 20% of GDP. That's because the tax cuts actually created economy to grow and brought more revenue into the economy. But the problem is not about how much money we're bringing in where the president just wants to raise more taxes. It's our spending. On 50-year average, we normally only spend 21% of GDP. Right now, we're spending 23.6 on our way to 25. So if you don't tackle the spending problem, you're never. And if you, if you ignore this problem and you just raise the debt ceiling, our debt is now $31 trillion. It's bigger than our entire economy by 20%. You're at a tipping point. So all you're going to do is cause more inflation. Remember what Milton Freeman, my favorite economist, said. Inflation is only created in Washington. And the only way you, you curve inflation is you create the interest rate to be higher than the inflation rate. We've already had bank failures based upon this policy where the Democrats spent $6 trillion more trillion. So yes, our history has always been that we did not just raise the debt ceiling. President Biden, every time, did not believe in that. And I don't know why you'd want to change it now when we're more in economic dire straits. Because if you did what you were requesting, you would create more inflation, more dependency on China, you would harm Social Security and Medicare, I mean, for the first time in a 10-year window, three trust funds will go unsolvent. Infrastructure. I'm not suggesting we don't do anything about that. I'm just suggesting there's a time and place for it. And the time. This is a technical. The time and place is right now. Okay, okay. He's being hectored right there. They don't do that to Democrats. But I got to tell you, I want that Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy ate his Wheaties. He was somehow. This is now you can tell focus because he was on point right there. He went yard, knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. I was so glad that during Speaker McCarthy's remarks, he emphasized the very work requirements that you and I have discussed extensively on this show. I came on the war room and said no debt limit increase without work requirements. And MSNBC and CNN went nuts and replayed that clip and left wing media aggregated it to the moon. And now you hear the Speaker of the House uttering those very same things. And I think that is a very positive step. I, I would also say that as we sit here now, we do not have 218 okay, votes. Hank, Hank, in that seat today was MTG. Okay. And remember, she's part of the five families helping McCarthy and she was adamant. Hey, she had, how does the story end for the five family? I keep hearing this reference to the five families, but I think it ends like in the Godfather, right? Oh, where they, where oh. they the table so like, who would sign up to be part of the five families meetings, <laughs> knowing the end of the movie. <laughs> exactly. The, um, the Daily, the Daily Mail is reporting right now in an exclusive interview with Speaker McCarthy after he left the, 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 the uh, New York Stock Exchange for the speech. 
that he has 218 votes on a thing that will cut spending, but he will give a one-year uh, debt limit. Uh, MTG, I don't think, was, was unfamiliar with that this morning. What say you? Speaker McCarthy was outstanding today. He's focusing on a lot of the right themes. But as we sit here today, there are not 218 votes to raise the debt limit. We're still working on where the spending caps ought to be. And Marjorie Taylor Greene made a point very forcefully during one of these uh, meetings we were having with leadership. Why are we still doing all this foreign aid? If we are $30 trillion in debt, if we have to raise the debt limit another $2 trillion, what in the world are we doing borrowing money from one country or devaluing the American dollar for Americans the so that class, we can fund other, other have, countries? Well, having working class people in this country pay the wealthy because the foreign aid is all sucked up by the wealthy in those nations, right? We spend so much time on this show talking about the border and about oversight, you know, things I care deeply about, free speech, big tech. But this printing of money, this scheme is the corrupt enterprise that funds all that we are concerned about. And just look at what Joe Biden has done without any congressional approval. With no congressional approval, he has nationalized the banking system by guaranteeing every deposit in the country. He has now decided to give Obamacare to illegal aliens and single-handedly, with the passage of no laws, destroying the Trump border policies that actually got well, things and, and given, in order. Given the, the humanitarian uh, visas down in Mexico, it's, it's everything scam. Now, hold it. I'm going to pivot now to Ukraine because very specifically, one of the big issues of this is Ukraine the, from the intelligence side and also the budget side. And I hear that just like you came on here and announced, hey – I think I can take a trillion dollars in cost out of here by just making people go to work, right? Tell me about Ukraine. Well, we should not be spending, sending another red cent to Ukraine. The problem is that view that I hold is not a view that is held by a majority in Congress. So we have a lot of Republicans right now who are still supportive of more aid to Ukraine. Speaker McCarthy is probably one of them. Uh, so I'm in the minority of the majority on that issue, and so I'm playing a different hand on Ukraine, frankly, than on the debt limit, where regardless of how a lot of people feel about Ukraine, a lot of people who are pro-sending more money to Ukraine are also against raising the debt limit, absent some pretty serious vertical cuts. I would suggest that Ukraine ought to be at the top of the list when it comes to cuts. If we have to raise the debt limit to fund our own country, maybe we shouldn't fund pensions in another one. Is that like the crazy thing to say? Doesn't the content of what's happened in this leak inform your colleagues about how the triumphalist narrative on Ukraine we've been lied to consistently? And aren't you going to put a breath? Don't we have to force Biden to come to the floor and make a walk us through what the plan is? So Wednesday, we have a bipartisan classified briefing on the leak and the cascading effects of that. And this, I will observe. Yes, I will observe closely how my colleagues react to some of this information. I'll probably be better suited uh, because we've been outside of Washington during the duration where these revelations have come. And I don't have a real, a real good sense of how people are going to react to it. Talk to me about uh, how do you get then – is this program – you want to do a Votorama. And the reason yes. you want to do a Votorama, you say you got Arrington's budget, you got Hearns, you've got the Biggs. Rust vote, you've got Biggs, you got 50 – you see deep cuts. Freedom Caucus. Freedom Caucus. Main Street. We have 222 members and about 250 plans. Okay. And so your theory of the case, because you're saying, hey, you love Speaker McCarthy and what he's doing today – but you're not buying this 218 votes about any one plan. Well, right? that's not Speaker McCarthy's fault. I mean, l- listen, we cannot go and take away every tool Kevin McCarthy has to move votes and then blame him that the votes aren't there. We defanged Kevin McCarthy 
during the first week of January. So I'm not going to be at the front of the list to now criticize him for not delivering the votes. This is incumbent upon the conference. And frankly, if we make the cuts that I think we need to make, we wouldn't even need to raise the debt limit. Walk us through that. Andy Biggs has put together a legislative package of over 500 cuts, very deep cuts into foreign aid, zeroing out a lot of these green energy priorities, doing a full COVID clawback of a lot of the funds that haven't been spent, which, by the way, will be less by the time I'm done with this paragraph. And and uh, that would give us the flexibility to a- avoid having to raise the debt limit. And that would be my preference. Now, you know, I also think there are great ideas in the Freedom Caucus plan. I believe work requirements are really helpful because they don't just drive down costs on one side. It also creates more labor participation and growth on the other end, which juices the revenue. The, that the I left think is saying McCarthy it's everywhere. They're saying about. that you're, you're the cruelest guy in the House right now because you're going to make. Well, they uh, said that about me before I was for work requirements. Well, well, talk about the work. How, how draconian are these work requirements? You're saying a trillion dollars. Every time well, across, every, well, that, every that, that's speaks tailorable. They, they, that's tailorable. So the trillion but, but, dollars, but, they, but they, everybody says the work requirements got to be part of it. What is it? Because the left is saying that you are the worst member of the House for even bringing this up. If you did a full work requirement that uh, gave the obligation to every person, regardless of whether they had dependents, so long as they weren't disabled, not a senior citizen, and you made that requirement eleven months out of the year, forty hours a week you would achieve the greatest savings. I think that something more modest can be advanced. I think if you had able-bodied, childless adults have to work 10 months out of the year and uh, then be able to qualify for Medicaid, then you would have a, a whole lot of incentive to get people off the couch right now who could make a contribution and choose not to. Uh, that doesn't save a trillion, but it saves a good chunk, and I think it also delivers on the growth side. Walk me through your voterama. Why, why does that make sense to do it your way? I want to know where people stand. Look, we have one half of one-third of the government, and so we're not going to get everything that you want or that I want. And I don't want us to get rolled as this machine continues to soak up every dollar drive inflation and hollow out the futures of our of our fellow Americans. Uh, at the same time, I want to know where my Republican colleagues stand. I want to see who's going to vote against the Biggs plan. I want to see who would vote against Kevin Hearn's good budget or the good budget presented by the Freedom Caucus or all of the ideas, frankly, that Jody Arrington very competently put forward when Republicans gathered uh, recently in Orlando. And if we did all of that, then people would have to stand before their constituents. But the reason there's resistance to a voterama is because some people have to take some tough votes. And I'm just – I'm sorry, but that's how it's going to be now. We're not going back to the days of members being protected from having to take a position on the most important issues facing the country and the world and the economy. And you want to see that debate in the, on the floor, have people have to defend of what they are going to cut and defend what they're not going to cut. Absolutely. Uh, is this part of – we're going to go to break. Can I keep you for a couple minutes on the other side? Sure. Okay. Because um, i got to ask you about this morale thing of, 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 uh, of uh, John Solomon. One, Donald Trump said to the donors this weekend, the old Republican Party is dead and it's not coming back. Is that part of it, what you're talking about? You've got to take tough votes now? Yeah, I think procedurally we have to embrace the notion uh, that we have to be bold and we have to deliver for people. And you don't get there by having these cooked up, 
backroom deals that are written by the lobbyists and the special interests and the entities this that I abhor. Break, this is how you break the cartel. And this is what you guys envisioned when you did this, this situation in the first week of January. Cockroaches right? always scatter when the lights are turned on. Okay, short commercial break. Congressman Gates is going to stay with a couple of minutes on the other side. Got to talk to him about this, uh, about the laptop from hell. Grant Stinchfield is going to be here for his assessment. There's only he can give it the January speeches where Mike Pence got booed. Uh, and then I've got D. Mike Davis is going to join us also about uh, Justice uh, Clarence Thomas. They're saying Clarence Thomas, the new Abe Fortas. I don't think so. We'll get Mike Davis in here. Congressman Gates on the other side. Short break. Back in a moment. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Citizens, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food and you do it right away. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now while it's on sale. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Let me repeat that. $200 per kit savings. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories per day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll enjoy free shipping too. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, th- welcome back. I know you got to run. You're busy. But i got to ask you, Solomon comes on today, because I noticed one thing that you've been very focused on. John Solomon comes on, got a breaking story. Then he tells us Jim Jordan, he talked to Jordan, that certain, uh, they've been, you guys have been doing depositions of certain members related in the intelligence community to the full-page ad in the letter that came out about the laptop from Hell the 41. And he mentioned Mike Morrell's name, and he said Mike Morrell's given some information that could lead one to believe what Solomon thinks, that you're going to be able to connect this to the Biden campaign. Now, I know you've been very involved in this. This is a kind of a bombshell. So people know who Mike Morell is, former deputy director of the CIA, former acting director of the CIA, wanted to be Joe Biden's CIA director, got a phone call from Tony Blinken, who was representing the Biden campaign, saying, you know, gee, Mike, doesn't this Hunter Biden laptop look like Russian disinformation? Morell testifies that that then triggers him to be the ringleader of an enterprise to go to others and to put together a letter for the specific purpose of use by Joe Biden in the presidential debate. You guys can prove that? We can prove that and, and much more. I am, I, everything I'm telling you, I can fully corroborate with records and testimony. Uh, there are other very concerning behaviors of the government that I have only seen reflected in testimony. Some I've only seen reflected in records. That's why every day this week, I will be conducting depositions as a part of what we're doing on the uh, weaponization subcommittee. We will be back doing this. We are rocking and rolling to get to the bottom of it, and and there'll be much more to come. But at, at a top line, we can prove that the entire purpose 
of this letter at the outset was to influence a presidential election with some of the most senior people who have ever been in our intelligence community using the imprimatur of their security clearances to pave the way for Joe Biden's presidency. Can we get you back when you guys have a little more to talk about that? Because that's, that's as bad a big a bombshell as I've heard in the city. We will be back whenever you invite us. Congressman, how do people get to Firebrand? How do they get to your... By the way, you got competition tonight. And, and by the way, we're going to start doing Firebrand on Getter with a live chat when you put it up because MTG launches her podcast tonight. Well, I am very you excited to... Uh, you inspired her. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of her commentary on things, so I uh, wish her all the best. Our podcast is Firebrand. You can get it uh, on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, anywhere that uh, you get podcasts. I'm at Rep Matt Gates and at Matt Gates everywhere on the internet. Congressman, thank you. I know it's tough to come by. It's, thank it's, you. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, okay. Congressman Matt Gates. Wow, what a story. We're going to drill down more on that. I've got Grant a Stinchfield. Grant, I, I asked you the other day because nobody better knows the, 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 the details, the culture of not just gun owners in this country, but also the NRA. I want to play a cold open from the speech the other day and get your, get your assessment, sir. Upon my inauguration, I will direct the FDA to convene, and I, it's so, it's going to happen quickly, to convene an independent outside panel to investigate whether transgender hormone treatments and ideology increase the risk of extreme depression, aggression, and even violence. I think most of us already know the answer, don't we? Furthermore, we have to look at whether common psychiatric drugs, as well as genetically engineered cannabis and other narcotics, are causing psychotic breaks. And I will ask Congress to send a bill to my desk to national concealed carry reciprocity. You want protection. Just like your driver's license or your marriage license, your Second Amendment must apply across state lines. It will. We'll get it done pretty quickly, too. I love you, too. And welcome back to the Hoosier State. Oh, boy. Grant Stinsfield, compare and contrast what we just saw there, sir. Well, that just goes to show you that Mike Pence has no business running for the presidency. I agree with President Trump. I, I think Mike Pence probably is a nice man. But he has blown any chance he had at the presidency of how he handled uh, his office himself after January 6th, I think you see the Patriots in the room there, NRA members, uh, all by and large, for the most part, Trump supporters. Mike Pence doesn't have a shot at running for the presidency. He ought to bow out quietly and, and uh, go on about his business. On the notion of reciprocity, um, Steve, you know, back in President Trump's first year in office, President Trump actually supported the idea of national reciprocity, this idea that your concealed carry license acts just like a driver's license. It's good in every state across the country. And may I remind people that driving is not a constitutional right. Carrying a firearm is. The problem was the Republican-controlled Congress and the Senate couldn't get it done. I was working at the NRA that, that year for the, that, that time. We were pushing this so hard, and I said, we may never get another chance to push reciprocity again. It is so important for gun owners' rights. They didn't get it done back then, but boy, could you imagine if we took back Congress? Now with the America First members of Congress, you just had Matt Gates on. You talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's a different Congress than it is back then in 2017. Have you ever seen, you've been at this for a while, have you ever seen the media firestorm about 
this maniacal focus to take people's guns? Have you ever seen anything like this? Because it's it's dangerous, and I think it's going to get more dangerous. I'd like your thoughts. Well, you know, working inside the NRA, it always felt like it was a constant assault going all the way back to when I first started there, I guess, in 2014, 2015. And it was always a battle. They were always. But now they literally want to legislate the Second Amendment out of existence. They deal in lies. They despise the National Rifle Association. Nothing's changed there. They still look at that organization with such vitriol. But I will tell you, the NRA, I really do believe, is too big to fail. It is one of the most important, if not the most important, civil rights organization we have on the face of the planet. And you know, I think the most important story to come out of the NRA's annual meetings this weekend, Steve, is the fact that they set records. 77,000 attendees, the numbers are just out now, showed up in Indianapolis, and I was reading articles in the mainstream media outlets saying that it was noticeably smaller this year, and hotel rooms were on sale. Meanwhile, what were the real numbers? Record numbers. They haven't had numbers like this in 12 years, 14 years at least, by what I remember. So that, to me, says that Americans, by and large, still not only support this organization, but, but gun rights and the Second Amendment in general. Grant, you do both a show. You're on radio. You've got a great feel for people. I want to turn to Gates. Uh, the, the McCarthy up there, the debt ceiling. Matt says he doesn't have 218 votes. From your take from people, how big a deal is the spending issue right now, the debt ceiling, all of it, sir? You know, I would say it's everything except really what people are worried about is the uncertainty of what's going to happen to America. So ultimately, I think people are really concerned that this communism push and this socialism push take over and the Biden regime continues, whether it's Joe Biden at the helm or some other idiot. It doesn't matter, right? Because these elitists, these globalists are all calling the shots. But when it gets down to it, right, spending is everything here because if we spend our nation into oblivion, then they absolutely will break us. We'll have no way to pay back these debts. What they are offering up, the Democrats right now, is nothing short of insanity, it's immaturity, and really it's no regard for the future kids of America. My 13-year-old, you know, your kids out there, grandkids, whatever it may be for people who are watching. This is no regard for the future of America unless they want to break us on purpose. And I think in the end, Steve... That's what people are the most concerned about, is there is this all-out assault on America, American values, to break this nation, to rebuild it back in their sick vision of some socialist communist nation. So all of it plays in together, but I think people see the big picture, that we really are at war. And I don't mean a physical war, but we really at a war, at a war for the soul of this nation. Grant, how do people get all your content? Where, where do they go? I know you got the show, the radio show, your writing. Where do people go? Yeah, man, I'm all over the place, and I'm so blessed to be. Uh, coming up right here on Real America's Voice at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, we, we got Stinchfield tonight, which is doing phenomenal. Thanks to guys like you, Steve, and everybody else on this network that just set it up for us at, at, uh, at 7 o'clock Eastern. And then I'm on the radio out in Los Angeles. But the best way is just type in Stinchfield. My podcast is so important. Type in Stinchfield. Subscribe to it, please. I cannot tell you how much it helps me and Stinchfield's army continue to get the word out. So uh, GrantStinchfield.com, GrantStinchfield.com, and everywhere on social media, Stinchfield1776. Grant, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. I appreciate you, Steve. Thanks. Nobody's got a better feel for the gun owners and, and the big issues facing this country than Grant. Um, and boy, we had John Solomon 
blockbuster. Gates just confirmed all that. And, and Solomon said he's going to come back. I'm telling you, that story is a massive, massive, massive story. Uh, do I have Mike Davis? No. Not Mike Davis yet? Okay, we're going to try to get him up. Uh, I'm going to have Mike here because I want Mike to also give his assessment of um, uh, what went on today with the Judiciary Committee in New York. Mike's been all over this with the Alvin Bragg. And remember, the pincer movement, always remember the pincer movement. This is to connect everything back to Merrick Garland's Justice Department. You got Mike and going after uh, Matthew Colangelo. That's a big part of it. You also got Stephen Miller and the American First Legal and others that are connecting what went on in the Mar-a-Lago situation, the special access issue with the Biden administration and Biden knowing this and signing off on taking uh, taking executive privilege uh, uh, from uh, President Trump. Uh, you know, unbeknownst. And like I say, in the timeline of when they knew, when they were aware that Biden had these problems with his classified documents are going to be absolutely critical. One of the things with uh, with uh, Mike Davis also, there isn't, uh, just so you understand, this is what I was trying to say this morning, is uh, this is getting as intense as I've ever seen. And part of it is that they're coming after people in the most vicious way possible. Uh, one of the best men, not just in the city, but one of the best men in modern America, uh, Justice uh, Thomas is under an assault like I've never seen before. ProPublica and others are coming after him, and they're trying to put that front and center, and they're saying, oh, there's got to be impeachment hearings, there has to be an investigation. Already in the Senate, they're talking about doing this. We wanted Mike da- uh, Davis to be here and to, and to assess it, so we'll try to get him in the next block. The next hour is going to be pure insanity. I've got Colonel Mills has gone through and going to talk about uh, the cartels, a lot of talk about the car- now, t- cartels now. We actually kind of roll out. A, I'm not saying an operational plan to take them down, but at least you start to see the interconnected links to the Chinese Communist Party, the interconnected links to fentanyl, to what they're doing, and where they actually control Mexico and why they are a massive paramilitary uh, paramilitary power. Go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. You've got to get the third part of the series, The Debt Trap. Here's why. Kevin McCarthy, the speech he gave today at the stock exchange, then he went around, and i t- got to tell you, McCarthy was on fire. That's CNBC. They were trying to – they would never treat a Democrat like that. They came out of him and tried to chop block him, and, man, he had the answers. But here's the key. Right now, as you just heard from Gates, we have to have a budget that has massive cuts up front. There can be – we're dead-enders here. Not one penny raised on the debt ceiling because you don't, know, don't need it. There's enough cash coming in from, quite frankly, President Trump's tax cuts – that drove economic uh, economic growth in these industries. You're going to have enough cash coming in to pay all the interest, to pay all the face amount of any government securities. And then with these massive cuts, you're not going to need an increase in the debt ceiling. But you got to understand this. The place to start is Birch Gold. Go to birchgold.com. Get the, uh, the three-part series now, the end of the dollar empire. Of course, everybody's talking about de-dollarization. They're talking about the Legion of Doom of Persia. Uh, Russia teaming with the Chinese Communist Party and the Saudis and Brazil and Turkey and all of them, Qatar uh, to uh, to basically Iraq, who's going to take it in, uh, take uh, take the uh, oil in Yuan to get off the dollar. You have to understand this. This is part of the macroeconomics you have to understand. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. There's a lot going on this afternoon. I've never seen the news cycle like this. It's only going to get more intense. We're going to try to get Mike Davis up. Next hour, we have Colonel John Mills. We have Naomi Wolf. We're going to have the uh, we're going to have the Gateway Pundit guys from Asia. They're going to be here. We got Joe Allen teeing up the Elon Musk Tucker interview tonight. I think it's all going to be on artificial intelligence. This 60 Minutes tonight on uh, Getter. We've got the 60 Minutes episode. We got Marjorie Taylor Greene. We got Tucker Carlson. We got Royce White. 
Go to get her. We're going to be on fire tonight in live chats. Soup to nuts. Only in the war room. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to itargetpro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com, offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. ...has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now Okay, on Getter tonight, uh, we've got, I think we're starting at 8 o'clock. We've got, uh, well, we've got the, we're going to do the 60 Minutes. We're going to do Marjorie Taylor Greene. We're going to do Royce White. We're going to do Tucker Carlson Live at 8. It's just go. We've got it up on our site right now. Check it out. You're going to have live commentary. I'm going to be dipping in and out. So it'll be fantastic. Mike Davis, we had a field exercise in New York City today, a hearing that got a little, let's say this, intense. Your thoughts, sir? I say cheers to House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. We've had disagreements in the past over big tech, still still have a disagreement on big tech, but we accept converts at the Internet Accountability Project. He should support Senator Mike Lee's uh, bill to break up Google's uh, online advertising monopoly, and we'll be in good shape with him there. But he got off to Jim Jordan got off to a bumpy start, slow bumpy start on oversight, but he is really firing on all cylinders. He's doing fantastic work. This is really important work that he's doing because he's showing that Alvin Bragg, the Soros-funded Manhattan DA, has politicized and weaponized the uh, Manhattan DA's office to get Trump, and he's diverting key resources away from real crimes like rapes and robbers and robberies and burglaries and carjackings. And so it's really good that Jim Jordan was able to go up to Alvin Bragg's home turf and bring in people from Manhattan who uh, are the victims of, of Alvin Bragg's decision to go after Trump instead of real crimes. Do you, uh, do you support them going to other cities and continue to do this? I, I love it. I think they should take the show on the road any chance they can. It, uh, this, is, this is great. It's, I think it's always good to do field hearings, get out of the swamp, and go talk to the real people in real America. So, uh, yes, they should, they should do, they should go to Chicago. They should go to Atlanta with, uh, you know, Fannie Willis down in Fulton County. 
they should uh, take their show on the road. I know someone that you think very highly of is under assault like I've never seen before. Somebody on the uh, on the Supreme Court, Justice Thomas. Um, the onslaught continues, is not backing off. And now you're hearing the name Abe Fortas come up. Walk through your assessment of where we are in this uh, the saga of uh, Justice Thomas, sir. So I clerked on the Supreme Court for Justice Gorsuch, and I got to know Justice Thomas along with his wife, Jenny Thomas, and they are great Americans. The, the left has hated Justice Thomas for nearly 40 years. He was a Democrat. He was a Marxist, actually, in his youth, and he uh, was a radical, and he got mugged by reality. He uh, became a conservative. He grew up dirt poor in the segregated South, the Jim Crow South down in Pinpoint, Georgia. And the Democrats have hated Clarence Thomas for 40 years because Clarence Thomas escaped the Democrat plantation. And Jenny Thomas never worked in the Democrats' kitchen. So they they hate the Thomases. They know that President Trump transformed the five to four Clarence Thomas court, or the five to four John Roberts court to the five to four Clarence Thomas court. And he is, you know, he's hugely influential. His law clerks are serving as federal judges throughout the federal judiciary on state Supreme courts, uh, key government posts around the country. And the the Democrats are just trying to take him out. Uh, Clarence Thomas has been best friends with Harlan Crow, a wealthy businessman for 25 years. And Harlan Crow has zero business before the Supreme Court, nothing, not a Zippo. And Democrats are trying to say that Harlan Crow's, uh, the trips that Clarence Thomas took with Harlan Crow are somehow unethical. They're not. He had no business before the Supreme Court. Harlan Crow also bought uh, property down in Pinpoint that belonged to the Thomas family because Harlan, uh, Clarence Thomas was going to sell it, according to the CNN reporting today by Ariane DeVogue, a very fair Supreme Court reporter at CNN, one of the few. And uh, Harlan wanted to preserve this for a museum for Clarence Thomas down the road. And so Clarence Thomas took a loss. He sold this property that his mother was living in, his mother is living in, at a, a loss. It came with an occupancy uh, occupancy agreement, according to the CNN report. And the Democrats are trying to turn this into a scandal, calling for his impeachment, uh, calling for investigations. It's nonsense. We have, I know there is a Democrat Supreme Court justice on the bench right now who has taken many, many, many regular summer trips to a lawyer's beach house in Massachusetts, fancy beach house in Massachusetts, when this lawyer has business before the Supreme Court, including filing before the Supreme Court, and this lawyer sits on a board of a Fortune 5 company that has business before the Supreme Court all the time. Uh, This uh, Democrat-appointed justice didn't disclose these trips. No one's calling for this Democrat justice's resignation, but they're going after Clarence Thomas because we have a Democrat White House and a Democrat Senate, and they want to chase him off the bench, and there's no way in hell they're going to chase Clarence Thomas off the bench. Well, how could the Republicans even stop the the Judiciary Committee from having an investigation? Is there any way to do that? Is the Senate Judiciary, you think, going to open an investigation on this and have hearings? Well, I mean, uh, they should be careful what they ask for because, uh, you know, we have Clarence Thomas who took trips with his best friend with no business before the Supreme Court. At the same time, Joe Biden's taken his scumbag son, Hunter, on trips to Ireland when Hunter has a track record of illegal corrupt foreign dealings to bring in millions of dollars for the Biden family. So I think Democrats should be careful what they ask for, because Republicans in the House have subpoena subpoena power, 
And maybe they want Hunter Biden sitting in front of, uh, uh, you know, the bright lights of a committee hearing. Mike Davis, how do people get all the content that you're putting up all day long, social media and also your site, sir? Yeah, it's article3project.org, article3project.org, at article3project, at article3project on Getter Twitter Truth. And my personal is at MRD and then another DMIA, MRD, DMIA. And thank you, Steve. Mike Davis. Thank you for being on, on here and making, uh, helping us understand this assault on uh, one of the best men in this country, Justice Clarence Thomas. Okay, yeah. short break. Uh, we're going to be back. The next hour is going to strap in. It's going to be pretty intense, but we're going to get through it all. We're going to take a short commercial break. I've got Naomi Wolf. I've got uh, Colonel John Mills. We're going to talk about the cartels. If you want to take them down, we're going to start laying the intellectual groundwork you need to kind of understand this. Okay, we got the Hoffs. I think Jim Hoff is over in Asia right now. We'll check that out. And, of course, Joe Allen's going to be here. Big interview tonight. Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk. We're going to connect the dots from 60 Minutes to that. We're going to be the bridging mechanism. All next in the War Room. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 